we have uh, a first-time speaker here at the bridge. He is a part of the bridge family. Many of you, I'm sure, know him. Um, but I'm excited to hear what God wants to say through him today. And I promise you this, I've been around this man long enough to know that he's going to challenge us. He's gonna stretch us. And I've been praying all week that God would soften our hearts to receive it. That he would soften our hearts. Because oftentimes when we hear a challenging word, we wanna go up against it and we wanna resist. But today as the word is spoken over us, let's embrace it. Let's allow it to stir and challenge and move us in ways that maybe we've never been moved before. And so if you would give him a warm welcome, this is Zeke McManus. go. Wow. What an honor to be here with the Bridge family. What an honor I have today to speak to you and the privilege. I just want to thank the leadership here at Bridge Church for allowing me this opportunity. And wow, the lights are bright up here. I can barely see anything. This is pretty wild. So, all right, let's get this thing on our face here, make sure it stays. And I just want to release to you guys something that happened to me in Brazil. I've been out of the country and I, re I got back about a week ago. And something happened to me in Brazil, a lot happened to me in Brazil that I want to share with you. But one thing that happened to me was this. I was standing in a service, a healing service, and the speaker was speaking and doing their thing. And uh, there was healings going on and the gospel was being preached. It was an incredible time. And I see this caterpillar just going across my feet just inching its way across. And, and caterpillars in Brazil, they're not these little tiny things, you know, that we have here in the U.S. This thing was, it was massive, right? And I'm looking down at it, and Holy Spirit says to me, he says, what do you see? And I look at it, and I'm like, well, I see a caterpillar, <laughs> right? And he says, what do you think I see? And I was like, what do you see, Lord? And he says, I see a butterfly. And I was like, oh, <laughs> Woo. wow, that's, that's incredible. Thank you for that, Lord. And he's like, what does a caterpillar need to become? That butterfly. And so I'm thinking through it, and I, I, come, I come up with three things that a caterpillar needs to become a butterfly. The first thing that a caterpillar needs is not just food, but it needs hunger. If it doesn't have hunger, it's not going to seek out the food, and it's not going to be able to grow and build. So it needs hunger. The second thing that it needs is it does need a food source. So it needs to go out, it needs to seek, and it needs to find that food source. And as I had that thought come to my mind, the Lord spoke to me from John chapter 4. And he said, remember what Jesus did when he was at the well with the woman there. And his disciples came up, and he told his disciples, I have food that you know nothing about. My food is to do the will of him who sent me. So a caterpillar needs hunger. It needs to do the will of God. I'm speaking metaphorically, obviously. And the last thing that it needs is a secret place. It needs a secret place. That chrysalis that they go and they spin and they build and they go tucked away into this, this chrysalis and they come out this beautiful butterfly. And when we were talking about God bringing breakthrough today, he is going to bring breakthrough. And I want to encourage you guys 
to know that that secret place is very important in your breakthrough journey. That's where you can take the pain that you've experienced in life, your disappointments, the things you're battling, the things that you're struggling with, and you can bring it into that secret place with the Lord, and he will bring beauty from ashes, and he will do that in your life today. He's done that in my life, and I'm going to share my story with you, and you're going to see where I came from. I came from a place of darkness. I came from a place where I viewed myself as a worm, as no good, and he brought beauty out of my ashes. I should get my notes. They say don't put it on a phone, but here we go. My faith is not in my ability to speak. My faith is in his ability to anoint what I say. My faith is not in my ability to speak. My faith is in his ability to anoint what I say. My faith is not in my ability to speak. My faith is in his ability to anoint what I say. I know a pastor once who got so annoyed with the music that was being played at his church, and he's like, why in the world do we have to sing the chorus 20 times? Why do I have to sing that same line over and over and over again? And the Lord said to him, well, how many times do you need to sing it before you believe it? And see, sometimes we're so locked in deception and so locked under the lies of the enemy and the things that we tell ourselves that we can't even bring ourselves to a place where we can believe the truth. And sometimes we need to declare the truth as this lion roaring on my chest is doing right here. We need to declare the truth over our lives so that we can break the power of the enemy and we can become the butterfly that God intends us to be. Every person in this room is significant. Every person in this room has a story. Every person in this room can make an impact in the kingdom. And every person in this room is loved by the almighty God. And he's just beckoning each one of us. He's saying, come up here, come up here, come up here with me. As I was praying about what the Lord wanted me to speak on, he gave me a picture, an image. And I saw, I saw a party going on up here on stage. And up here, there were a lot of people and Jesus was up here and they were having a great time. There was music and there was great food and they were just having a good old time. And Jesus would turn around and he would look out and there were some other people who were in the audience and they were at tables as well and they were just kind of observing what was going on up here. And he would beckon, he's like, come on, come on up, you know, this is, the food's up here, you know, this is the, this is the place to be. Come on up, come up to the place that I've called you to. And he would turn back around, he'd have a good time. And then I was brought down into the audience and I started to hear the thoughts of some of the people who were kind of in the audience who didn't want to come up, who didn't want to step into what the Lord had prepared for them. And they were thoughts like, I'm not good enough. Thoughts like, God can't use me for anything. He doesn't love me as much as he loves them. Those are lies of the enemy. And they should not. And I declare today that they will not take you and that you are welcome in the presence of the Lord. You are welcome in his house. You are welcome to take hold of the blessings that he has for you. And you can declare against the enemy the truth of God, and that truth will set you free. Because if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. And there is no power, no power, no power that can keep you from his blessing. Like I said, I was in Brazil and I want to share some statistics with you. How many of you like statistics? Yeah, we like numbers, right? 
So I'll be honest, I had no idea what I was getting myself into when I went to Brazil. I just knew I had to sign up. And this speaks back to the hunger. I was so hungry. I was like, I just need to be around the people who are doing the stuff, who are living a kingdom-driven life. I have to be around that because I want my life to be an experience that I read about in the Bible. I want to live my own Bible story. And so I signed up for this without really knowing what it was all about. Come to find out, it was the Voice of the Apostles Conference put on by Global Awakening. And it was ministering to mostly pastors and other people who are in ministry, which I had no idea about. I had it in my mind. I was going to like the poorest of the poor places to you know, reach people in, in the darkest of places. There were 9,000 people there. Physical healings occurred. 1,814 people were physically healed in their body. 754 were sovereignly healed by God through just worshiping him, hearing the word, the gospel spoken over their lives. 2,655 people were healed emotionally. This is everything from addictions being broken off over their life to deliverance ministry happening. This is interesting at a pastor's conference, 131 salvations. 64 people rededicated their lives to Christ. 3,803 people were blasted, and that's a topic for another discussion. 15 blind eyes were healed and opened. These are eyes that were partially or fully blind, either in one or both eye. 15 people healed of blindness. 107 deaf ears opened. 39 tumors disappeared. Now, these were verifiable tumors that you could see with your eyes that either visibly shrunk or you could feel in the body of the person that went away. 11 lame walked. 40 had healing of metal in their body. Now, these are people who they had limited mobility in, in some area of their body due to a surgery where they, there was metal implants, screws, bars, that sort of thing. And as Holy Spirit came in and healed and ministered to them, full range of motion occurred. It was phenomenal. It was living my own Bible story. I was privileged to be Holy Spirit's assistant in some of these healings. And I can tell you my life is never going to be the same. Never going to be the same. To reach out with God's love to people is a phenomenal, a phenomenal privilege. I used to not believe that the Holy Spirit worked in this way today. And I used to try to use gimmicks to share the gospel, and I used to try to kind of dupe people into a conversation with me about Jesus. I tried to use apologetics, and, and I'm not saying apologetics are, are negative, and I'm not saying that just trying to have conversations with people is wrong, but I can tell you that I've been sharing the gospel or watering a seed of the gospel that's been planted in people's lives, and I, it's countless now. I can't even tell you how many people in the last two years. And I have approached them with the love of God first, and it has brought breakthrough into their life, and people have seen that they are more than what the enemy is telling them that they are, and they are willing to hear this God that loves them so much. Smith Wigglesworth says, there is nothing impossible with God that all the impossibility is with us when we measure God with the limitations of our unbelief. Jesus loves us so much that he invites us into a lifestyle of faith. 
And I know we're talking about discipleship. I did come up with my own definition of discipleship. And to me, discipleship is this. It's intimacy with Jesus that evokes audacity. It's being so close to him and so wrapped up in his presence and so enraptured by his love, not only for us, but for other people, that it evokes this response in me that says, I have to do something. I have to do something. And that's when Jesus says, yeah, let's do this together. Let's do this together. And he sets you out on this journey of taking risk after risk after risk. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. And if we're going to step into the fullness of the calling that God has for us, we are going to have to take the risk. And risk is going to look like something different for every person in this room. For me, seeing what I've seen and having done what I've done, to this point, my risk is going to be a lot more than what it was, say, two years ago. Two years ago, my risk was... I just need to say hi to the person at the supermarket. And that was terrifying to me, absolutely terrifying. But with the measure I used, it was measured back to me, pressed down, shaken, and overflowing. And the Lord bestowed on me a gift of faith where I am now able to go up to people in the confidence that he is with me and he is training me and he is teaching me how to take risk and turn it into blessing for other people. It's a wonderful journey. You do not want to miss out on what God has for you. It is better than anything I've ever tasted before in my entire life. Better than anything. Oh. John, 1 John 2, 3 through 6 says this. We can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. If someone claims I know God but doesn't obey his commandments, that person is a liar and is not living in the truth, but those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love. That is how we know that we are living in him. Those who say that they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Now, when I first read this, let's say two years ago, I was like, oh man, now I just am condemned, right? (laughs) Because I'm not living as Jesus did, and I feel like I can't do it, and I feel like I'm just failing at every, every place in my life, and this is just unattainable to me. This is unattainable. But the key is the love that God has for us. The key is that he does not condemn us. The key is that he celebrates our progress. You know, religion, religion celebrates perfection, but Jesus celebrates progress. Some of you in this room have been trying and trying to break through something in your life for so long that you'd think there's no hope. And on top of that, you see what you're doing and you see the struggle that you're having and you're thinking to yourself, I can't ever overcome this and Jesus is displeased with me and you just go into this vicious cycle and you beat yourself down, you go into a depression and you feel like you're starting back at square one. And it's because you're believing the religious mentality that he only wants perfection. He doesn't need you to be perfect. He already has perfection in his son. And we have the ability to partner with Jesus, with the spirit of God to bring about as the Bible says, Christ being formed in us. We have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. And we can speak against that and we can see our progress and we can have hope that he is doing something in our lives and we can move forward into breakthrough. In ancient times when you would go to war and you would take a city, there was a gate and you would have to break through that gate in order to gain entrance into the city. 
But even more than that, you would have to break through the lines of the enemy that were waiting for you past that gate. I think some people in this room have actually broken through the gates of what they're struggling with in their lives, and they encountered the enemy, and they thought that when they had the breakthrough that that was the end of it, that they were going to go into their promise, but really they still have to face the enemy that's, that's waiting there for them. I want to give you a secret. When you break through the gate and the enemy is there waiting for you, there's two things you're going to encounter. You're going to encounter fear, and you're going to encounter overwhelming, this overwhelming sensation of, I can't do it. I can't move forward. I can't do this any longer. I'm going to fail again. These are lies of the enemy. And the word of God says that we live in two places at once. We live in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And I want you to come to this place in your life where you live from his presence. You live from that place where you are in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You can go up, up there to him and you can say, you need to step in and you need to help me fight this battle. You need to fight this battle for me and bring me into breakthrough. And I tell you what, if you break the gate and you get through the threshold where the enemy has taken control, if you break into that and break through that, then you enter into the open space and you're ready to take back your promise. God promises each and every one of us that he will bring us to completion in Christ Jesus. And that is a promise that we can hang on to, that we can hold on to. Oh, I haven't even shared my story. Man. I'm up here speaking to you about all this, and I think some of you in this room think, wow, I, I don't even think I could do what Zeke is doing, <laughs> let alone what, what God wants for my own life. And I just want to tell you that I came from a place of utter darkness. By the time I was 23 years old, I was addicted to every narcotic known to man. I was steeped in methamphetamines, cocaine, club drugs. I had nothing to live for. I didn't want to live for anything but that. But I saw people going to jail. I saw people dying. And I said to myself, I don't want to die. I at least had the fear of death in my life. And so I tried to clean up my own life, and it did not go well. I met a woman who I thought could help me, and she did not want to help me. She wanted to gain freedom in her own life. And so we had this really sick relationship that didn't work out. Eight months later, it fell apart, and I was left totally and utterly alone, and I had nobody. And it was in that moment... I can't describe it to you. It was in that moment I was laying on the floor and I was just crying and I felt this warmth cover my body, this warmth and this peace. And that was the first time that I heard the voice of God say to me, Zeke, I will never leave you or forsake you. Amen. It was one word from him that broke everything off of my life in that moment. It was one word. And for some of you, that's all it's going to take is for you to declare just one word today to break off what the enemy has captured you with. I think it's 2 Corinthians that talks about bringing our thoughts captive to Christ, to the obedience of Christ. I want to give you guys some tools that you can use. If the lie of the enemy comes at you, take that lie, take it captive to Christ and say, this is not me leaving it at your feet, Jesus. I want this to work for me. You can actually take what the enemy says to you and you can make it work for you. If he tells me, Zeke, you're not good enough to speak on a Sunday morning at Bridge Church, then I take that lie and I take the truth of God that says, my faith is not in what I speak. My faith is in you who can anoint what I say. And I bring, see what I did? I took his lie 
and I'm turning it into the truth of God and I'm making it work for me. You can do that in your lives with everything that the enemy comes at you with. Go into his word, find the truth that counteracts it, and repeat it and repeat it and repeat it and repeat it until you believe it. Sometimes we don't feel, sometimes we don't feel, catch this, like we're going to enter into breakthrough. But if you do it, you just watch and see what God will do through your lives. When I was in Brazil, there was a young lady who came up to us and she wanted prayer. And I was with my translator and I was with an intercessor and she came up and she was broken hearted about her relationship with her mother. And she didn't know what to do. It had fallen apart. She was feeling judged by her mother. Felt like that relationship was just over. And honestly wanted to just break it off and go, go their separate ways. I've been in that moment because I've had struggles with my own family. And I've had things happen that I had a hard time forgiving my family for. And I can tell you, as soon as I spoke a blessing over my family, the power of the lie and the power of the destruction that was happening in my life with that relationship, it broke off. And I sent my, my mom a text and future calls just blessing her and blessing her life blessing her finances, blessing anything that I possibly could. I exchanged the curse that I was believing in my mind that that relationship was being fallen up, that it was being broken down and destroyed. I took that curse and I turned it into a blessing and I made it work for me. And today, my relationship with my parents is on the mend. So I knew how to help this lady who was in front of me. And I just asked her, I said, here's what I want you to do. I just want you to just start declaring blessing. Talk about all the good things that have happened in your family that have come down from your mother into your life. And she just starts kind of slow talking about all the good things that came from mama. And five, 10 minutes into it, she's just a blubbering mess of declaring goodness that came from her family, came from her mom and had changed her life. And then I hear the Holy Spirit tell me in that moment when she's just a weepy mess and the, the power of the enemy is being broke off over her life, I hear him tell me, now tell her that she is speaking her inheritance. All the good things that came from her mother and from her family and from her relationship with God is now her inheritance to take hold of. And she left that place with that breakthrough and with that promise from God that she had an inheritance coming from her family. My friends, Romans 12, 2 says this, says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to the image or to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, good and acceptable and perfect. I didn't get Romans 2 for the longest time. I had surrendered my life to God and I was trying to follow him and I was encountering issues. I didn't understand that I could bring those issues to this secret place and God would work on those with me. And I want to give you guys the tools today. I want to give you the tools to renew your mind. He has your heart. A lot of you in this room, he has your heart, but does he have your mind? We need to give our whole beings to him and we can be transformed. Listen, we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. You have a part to play in this. As you declare truth, your life is gonna be transformed. 
I was driving down the road one day and I saw a dead hawk as I was driving down the highway and its feathers were just kind of up and I was like, oh, that's sad, right? That poor hawk was probably going for some food and it, it died. And then I went a couple miles down the road and there was another one. I was like, wow, that's two in like two miles. This is pretty weird. What's happening? I go another couple miles and I see a third. And at that point, I'm like, God, what are, are you trying to say something through what's going on here? You know, I mean, these poor birds, right? And he asked me, he asked me a lot of questions. He's, he's really good at asking me questions. And he says, Zeke, why? Why do you think those hawks are, are dead? Why do you think they died? And I was like, well, they got hit by cars, right? <laughs> yeah. He's like, they got hit by cars because they were hungry and they were seeking something to devour. And then he told me, I want you to create highways in your mind where the enemy cannot tread any longer when he seeks to devour you. And you need to create those highways so that when the enemy comes against you, there's no challenge. There's no challenge. You just look at him and he has to die. He has to go. Some of those highways that I have in my mind are these thoughts of God is good all the time. It doesn't matter what's happening to me. He is always good. That nothing is impossible with God. It doesn't matter what I see before me. It doesn't matter that this person has cerebral palsy. Nothing is impossible with God, and he can heal that person. It doesn't matter this addiction that I'm dealing with, that I've, I've tried to battle a thousand times and I can't overcome. Nothing is impossible with God, and he can overcome that. Because you know what the enemy is going to tell you is that you can't overcome that. Jesus won absolute victory on the cross another highway that I have in my mind. And a fourth highway that I have in my mind is that every person is significant. It doesn't matter who they are. Every person is significant. And in this room, you need to believe that truth that you are significant, that the Lord sees you as that butterfly and that you can step into it. All you have to do is take that small risk, that small step of faith, and you can step into it. And I want to leave some time for us to do that today. I want to invite some of the ministry team to come up, and I want to just offer an opportunity for you. If you want breakthrough in your life for any reason, it can be an addiction. It can be a relationship that has broken down. If you want healing in your body, if there's anything that you need from the Lord, it, the Bible says that we just need to ask, right? <laughs> he hears us. He wants this relationship with us. We just need to ask. And so I want to invite that ministry team to come forward, maybe somebody to play on the keys, and we are going to have the opportunity to just pray with these individuals. These are individuals who have uh, been coming to this church for a while. They've been trained in different ministry and they would love to pray for you. So yeah, I wanna pray and ask Holy Spirit to just come right now. Holy Spirit, would you just come and would you give us breakthrough? Would you give us everything that we need to overcome the things that are happening in our life that are preventing us from walking in our royal identity. Sons and daughters of the King, that is who we are. We are royalty. Help us to live like princes and princesses and let go of the pauper mentality that we are not good enough, that there's nothing that we can do to overcome because through you, in you, we have everything that we could ever need. We thank you, Jesus, for what you're about to do. And we invite this. We invite this moment of breakthrough in our lives right now. In Jesus' name.